Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week. On today's podcast, we are talking about conflict. Now, we deal with conflict as consultants a lot, a a lot, a lot. Um, And so we really think that this is an important topic to discuss at the workplace because everyone runs into it. We also feel that there is a way to make conflict really healthy and move organizations forward. But to do that, you have to start with you. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We believe that conflict comes down to about three things, miscommunication, narrative paradigms, and assigning intent. And that sounds really consultant-y, but we're gonna break it down for you. And we're gonna talk about what these things are, what is a narrative paradigm, what does it mean to assign intent, and how you can recognize it in yourself, and then how you can prevent it. So Don, we deal with conflict so much. Can you tell us one of your favorite conflict stories? I was working with a client where we were going in and doing what we often do is sometimes we'll start off working with somebody where we interview employees and we interview staff, we interview managers, and we just ask some questions about, tell us about your best day at work, tell us about your worst day. And what we're looking for is uh, learning a little bit about their cultural systems, what's going on internally so that we can really help them and zero in on areas that would make the most impact for the company. And a couple of the employees told me a similar story. And the the first one told me the story and said, you're not going to believe what our boss does. You are not going to believe what this jerk does. This jerk, he has us once a quarter. He tells us, everybody bring the keys to your car in and leave them up front. And what he does is he has his buddy down the street who owns an auto mechanic store come in and he has him do an oil change on our cars in the parking lot. Like he'll go out into the parking lot and all of us get an oil change in the car. And it's just, can you believe that that jerk does that? And I'm, I'm sitting there listening to this thinking that's okay. And so, and I said, so does he make you, you have to pay for that. And then he's given that money to his friend or what's going on. He says, no, 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 he doesn't charge us for it. He just does it. He, he pays for all of it, but he, he does it. He gives it just, he just does it to give his friend some business. Like that's the kind of guy this is. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, so wait, he's your boss gives you free oil changes once a quarter and like does it in the parking lot? Like, isn't that an awesome benefit? Like, and so I asked, I said, isn't that, don't you see that as a benefit? Like, do you think maybe the boss is doing that because they want to show you some appreciation? Like maybe that's just helping you. And and th- this person says, no, 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 no. It's just, he's being a jerk. He's trying to give his friend some business. That's what he's trying to do. So I went on to interview a few other people and a couple other people mentioned the same thing. They mentioned this oil change and it was always in a negative light. Like, yeah, the jerk makes us get oil changes. Like we can't even pick where we get our own oil changes from. 
Uh, and I kept asking, you know, what's the problem around the oil changes? And they just kept saying, no, you don't understand. He's a jerk. So if he's giving us an oil change, there must be a jerk reason behind it. And that's kind of the theme uh, that, that kept coming up. It's this paradigm of he's a jerk. So anything he does is jerky, right? That's an idea around a narrative paradigm. So when we think about a narrative paradigm, it's, it's a concept around how we think as humans. We tend to look at the world around us. We get a lot of inputs, a lot of data. And so in order for us to understand all this data that comes to us, we think about it in terms of a story, a narrative. Uh, we oversimplify the world around us. Now, there's a problem with this way of thinking is that once we start to establish the story in our heads, we look for evidence to support the story. So things that happen to us tend to, we look for a way to make it fit into the story that we have. If you love President Trump, everything that he says, you think that's awesome. I love what he's saying there. If you hate President Trump, everything he says is negative. It's neg it, it goes against. It's, it's a universal thing. It's not a flaw in how we are as humans. It's just how we think. And that's the paradigm piece. So we tend to think in terms of stories. This comes up a lot in the workplace. You know, taking a step back, being from the outside of that story Hey, how many of you listening to this podcast right now would love if your bosses gave you free oil changes in the parking lot at work where you didn't even have to worry about it? Like that's one less thing you even have to worry about. You don't have to take your car into the mechanic to get oil changes or even do that for yourself at home. They're taking care of that for you and you don't have to pay for it at all. It's being done by a licensed mechanic. It's all being done well and it's being paid for. Uh, most of us would really like that. But in this story, they were in a different story. So they were in the story that this boss is a jerk. And a lot of that, it gets to the root of conflicts that we have in the workplace is this concept of a narrative paradigm. The stories that we create, uh, we get stuck in and it creates conflict for us as people at work. Yeah. And you know, Don, one of the things I think that makes this super difficult, I know we're going to get go through and, and talk about, okay, so why does this happen? How does this happen? What? How do I identify that? But one of the things that, that makes this difficult, uh, like you're alluding to there, is it's it's kind of happening subconsciously, right? I mean, when, when we work with different organizations, this is very, very common that we, that we see this. In fact, there's probably people listening that are like, they maybe have decided already, like, this podcast isn't for me. I don't struggle with this at all. Uh, <laughs> but they're thinking about the jerk that they're about to go work for right now or the peer that is a jerk that they're about to go work for. I, I like to challenge mm -hmm. people, too, whenever we start hearing you know, them talk about people like that. Um, I like to challenge them by saying, you know, you know, let, let's rewind. Let's, let's back it up a little bit. Like, where did this come from? Because there's always this starting point. And so I, I kind of want to talk about maybe how does this begin to happen? What are some of those things that, that, that start to build this, this narrative paradigm in the first place? Diana, what do you think? Where does this idea of narrative paradigm come from? Like, how, do, how does it begin? Yeah, I think a lot of times it simply starts by a miscommunication or some perceived injustice. I mean, it could be anything little. And then you're then you in your own mind start to look for things that support the badness that has happened to you. Badness isn't a word, but I just am gonna go with it today. Badness. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're trying to bring back yeah. rad too. And I don't think that's Wait. gonna work either. Rad is good <laughs> and it works. 
You could use radness. That's pretty good. Radness, yeah. But but I but I but I think and and I think this is the, another thing that we probably need to recognize with this too is is okay. So how how does it happen? Maybe one of those injustices. Maybe it's a legitimate injustice. Maybe it's a perceived injustice. Um, but this um, doesn't show any favorites. Narrative paradigms doesn't show any favorites, right? It's not always the employee to the boss. It could be an employee to an employee, or you know, like we've seen with many different organizations. It's it's uh, from department to department, uh, too. Those types of things can draw that. Don, maybe talk about in larger organizations when departments, maybe department one works really well. They they seem to be to be hitting on all cylinders, but all of a sudden now they have department two that they have to work with, and any time they have to work with department two, oh, it's frustrating. Oh, those people, and all of a sudden the language changes. Where does that come from? So the first thing to understand here is everyone is in a paradigm. I used to work with somebody who used to say, well, I think logically. I don't like to, I, I'm outside of that. You don't know. Everyone's in a paradigm. And when your team is working together really, really well in your department, it's probably because you communicate a lot with each other and you have aligned your stories with each other. So your, your stories are in alignment with each other. You have the same type of a story and you have some control over that. Whenever another department gets involved, if you haven't worked with them a lot, then what happens is you potentially have some uh, some conflict that can occur or some misalignment. And then the story becomes the story about they. And that happens in a lot of organizations. Well, they don't care about the customer as much as we care about it. And you're talking about people who are on the same team, ultimately, right? It's two different departments, but you're on the same company. Trying to solve for the same stuff, right? Trying to solve you, you, the same problems. You're trying to, but then that they word starts to creep in there. And when that they word comes in, it's usually because, well, we think this way and they think this way. Yeah. And you start to really think as a department that you know what their real intentions are. You know why they do what they do. And then so everything they do seems to fit what you think their intentions are. And yeah. because you're in that paradigm and they become they and they do what they do because they are jerks. Yeah. Bethany, let me ask you a question here, too, as far as these narrative paradigms, because I think that's one opportunity or that's one option of where these these uh, tend to rear their ugly heads with these narrative paradigms of maybe their process is a little bit different. But what if I'm the manager of one of those groups um, and what ownership do I have over my team? If I'm a department leader or manager over the team, what type of uh, ownership or accountability do I have towards my team to maybe protect them from developing some of those negative paradigms with other departments? Probably just making sure that there is a space for communication yeah. because I think a lot of times those stories happen and they start to be created whenever people are just not talking to each other. And so there's that lack of communication. And um, so if something happens and it feels like it's a slight against them, um, but they chances are they probably haven't had a conversation with the person that they think has hurt them. Um, and I think that happens a lot in narrative paradigms. So as a manager, making sure that you're creating those intentional spaces for people to talk whether that's a regular connection point or if you're knowing about, you know, a specific situation and a story that you keep hearing from your team, um, helping helping them initiate that conversation that they need to have um, with the other person. Yeah, I like that too. If there's if there's a lack of communication, they'll develop their own stories. That's that's definitely definitely an option. I think sometimes I think sometimes too that the managers might uh, you know in a larger organization might look at their team as their safe place, so to speak. Right? Mm -hmm. If they're frustrated with another manager, another department lead, they might look at their team as the safe place to be able to go vent about maybe a frustrating right. manager meeting that they had. And 
And when we're doing those types of things, Don, what is, what is that manager doing to their team? Yeah, a manager has a huge role in helping a team create stories. So you have to be really careful because you are very influential just as a manager. You know, we, we talk about the difference between management and leadership all the time. Management is the authority piece and leadership is the influence. But they are linked. As a manager, you have more influence just naturally because you're the manager. So if you come to a team and you start to feed a story, and it could be uh, just a part of a story that you've heard, uh, you then sometimes your team will take that and extrapolate from it and, and go go a bigger direction. So you might have a casual interaction with somebody saying, boy, that person was in a really bad mood today from that other department. And you might mention it to your team casually. Uh, that team sometimes takes that as saying, oh, that other department is they're, they're not nice or they're, they're, right. they don't want to work with us very well. And it, it can take it to a, a different degree. So you have to be really careful about what stories are forming on your team, especially as the manager. Yeah. We, you know, we've used the statistic, the statistic before, but 70% of disengagement comes from management. And I think that's, that's, it's, it's not a knock against managers. It's, it's, to empower them to understand that the level of influence that they have over their team is huge. And this is another example of that level of influence. The manager might be looking for that place to vent. I don't know if in front of the team is that place to vent um, because you're helping them to build that narrative paradigm um, as well. So, you know, you know, Matt, I had an example of it somewhat recently. I do a, some work in the community and there was a, we got some feedback from another group in the community about what we were doing. That was, that was negative. And, uh, I gave the feedback back to our group kind of casually. And I said, Hey, that group doesn't like what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the next couple hours, what I started to hear was an emerging story occurring on our team of saying, well, they're a bunch of jerks. What are they doing? They should engage us. They should come in here and do this then. And what should they do? And it, it really started to mm -hmm. spin almost out of control. I could see, I could feel a new narrative paradigm forming. And so uh, I, I engaged it again and just said, hey, look, you know, th this feedback is actually legit. Um, we, we have to be really careful about running down too far from this. So let's let's ask for a little bit more. Let's let's tell the other group that we heard them and, and let's communicate a little bit. So we actually had some back and forth with the other group and that that interaction ended up being very positive. And so I got to feed that back to the team and that narrative paradigm shifted back again of, oh, OK, they're just trying to help us. That's why they gave us that feedback. But Initially, you could feel the story start to come of this other group was really starting to push back like that other group. They're, they're, they're being passive aggressive against us and yeah. they don't care about what we're doing. They don't recognize the work that we're doing. Um, it happens really fast. And it's, it's not that there's something wrong with us. Again, it's just how we think in terms of, uh, of humans. Um, so we have to communicate to stay on the same story. It's incredibly important. So we're talking about communication and what that looks like. Bethany brought up, you know, creating the space to be able to communicate, to try to combat some of the narrative paradigms. What what happens when we come to the realization? So let's say, Don, you just said you you were able to communicate, open up some streams there. Now we have recognized we are, we are involved in this narrative paradigm. Um, what are some things now? What did we do with that? I recognize them in the narrative paradigm. What are some of those things that I need to begin to do? Or how do I get out of that in the first place? I think the key is you have to be able to talk through it. Um, you have to get the stories out. So the, the stories exist inside your head and out loud in front of the team. And it's the one that's inside your head that creates the paradigm. So, it, but it can come from outside. So when you talk through stories and you start to say, is this the story? Then what it allows you to do is it allows you to kind of compare notes with other people 
and start to think about, is the story really true? And you can challenge it a little bit. And the earlier you do that, the better off it is. Um, sometimes I like to say that communication turns conflict into trust on a team. Um, if you can talk about the story that's out there and you can challenge it, which is difficult to do because we don't like to conf face conflict sometimes. So if, if, if Matt and I are disagreeing about something and I'm starting to think, wow, Matt's kind of a jerk. And I feel that narrative paradigm starting to erupt inside my head. The best thing for me to do is to go talk to Matt and say, Matt, this thing happened and, and it kind of concerns me. I'd like to know a little bit more about what's going on so that I can pull your story out so I can hear what's going on inside your head and see if it aligns with what's ha what I think is happening. And, and what that helps us to do is when we talk, we can create a new story together and it's a different story. Um, and it's usually one that's a little bit more positive. And when we do that, that helps to build trust between two people because it's like, hey, I, I feel this way. Uh, and, and when I bring it up, it helps deepen a relationship. And I'm glad, I'm, and I'm glad you went there. But let's be real. That's a grown up answer, right? That's not something that we see a whole lot is, you know what? I'm feeling like this. I need to go schedule some time to meet with this person. I think when we're stuck in that narrative paradigm, we're always waiting for the other person to change the behavior. The other person needs to change the behavior. The other person needs to take the first step. But I think, you know, one of those signs of maturity or one of those recognition, I don't know if we want to put it in the bucket of professionalism or whatever that looks like. And Diana, you mentioned it in the, in the introduction. At the end of the day, we're only accountable for ourselves. How often do we get on phone calls, Diana, with, whether it's coaching or whether it, you know, somebody just uh, wanted to provide us feedback. So we get those, you know, we get those text messages that are like, we need to talk. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, we're, we're prepared. We're always ready for that, but we probably know where it's going. Um, what, what types of things do we hear from them? And then what's our advice to those people on, you know, what, what they actually can control? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you said that that's a grown up answer because it is, and you have to be so cognizant of yourself and what you're doing and those around you and the story you're creating. And it's really, really hard to do. And so I know from my personal experience, I was trapped in a narrative paradigm with someone that I worked with. And I just did not like this person. Like it was hard to work with. I had talked to them several times to try to fix communication. But again, we communicated very differently. So that made it even harder. And it, every time we communicated, it just fed my story. And so I often tell people to go to the person that likes the person that you don't like, right? And ask them their perspective. Help them see what they see. And so when I was really yeah, deep good. in my conflict with this person, I went to their friend and I was like, hey, I'm struggling with my relationship with this person. Can you help me understand what's in their head? And they were totally great. They were like, oh, yeah, this person, she just does it this way. And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. And I needed someone else to kind of pull me out of it. Yeah. And, and sometimes we do need that you know, mediator, that, that third, third party, whether it's, whether it's us at peoplecentric.com or anybody, right. Uh, any, any of those, those other mutual third party people that can also help lead the discussion that maybe isn't caught up in the same things that you're caught up in. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did help me when they were, when they helped explain how this person saw the world or how this person worked through things, because it wasn't the person that I hated talking about it. Right. It was someone else someone not related to the story or the situation. And they could just give me that outside perspective a little bit. And it helped shape my brain back to normal. It's kind of, that, what a great way to say it, right? It's helped shape my brain because you are kind of having to retrain your thought process. 
mm-hmm. so so you don't think like that or or that you don't instinctively think like that or or reactively think like that. So if we're following this process, if we're following the, this pattern, so this you have this element of miscommunication or a, or a perceived injustice, which leads kind of this negative paradigm uh, where we're assigning this negative intent. But then we also have this uh, idea of, okay, I've recognized that. Now we've opened up lines of communication. Okay, I see that they're not just trying to sabotage me all the time. I see that they're not trying to make a train wreck of my life at work all the time. Um, and now I'm starting to, to think about that. Uh, think about that differently. So ongoing communication, Don, what's the quote that you say about communication and how it cures things? Yeah. Communication is the cure for imperfection. Oh yeah. Uh, So we don't have the right stories all the time because it's so complex. Uh, We don't have the right relationships. We do have conflict with the people that we work with. As long as we communicate that we can get past that imperfection and make it better. But I loved your point, Matt, of like, that's the adult way of handling it. Like, it's easy to say that, but we see that in most organizations, probably it, it, most of the time what happens is people don't say anything because they don't want to have that conflict. Yeah. Well, and I think to the point of, you know, how if you're, you know, if you're a leader within your organization, if you're a manager or whatever, um, how do you go about sort of fixing this problem now that you've realized that you're in the narrative paradigm too. So yeah, you should have a you should have a conversation with somebody, right? Um, you should maybe get that third party involved. Um, but then you also have, if you have extended it to your team, you have a responsibility to your team too to help to help kind of resolve that as well. So, you know, like we talked about before, potentially making a, you know, a meeting space, but it's also modeling it and just stopping it. So if you're having if you're having those conversations and feeding that story to your team, um, obviously just being really mindful to make sure that you're stopping that. And then as you're hearing it, you know, it might be just literally addressing your whole team and saying, hey, we've been creating the story. We need to stop it. And here's why um, that might be all together. That might be on an individual basis because maybe it isn't everybody. But I think it's something where you have to be, you know, create a, a habit almost where you're going to be um, just kind of open to sort of call each other out, but but not in a really, you know, hateful way, way necessarily, um, but being willing to have those conversations um, and make it, I think it, that's where you can make it open and say, to create that accountability to say, hey, I've been doing this too. So if you hear me say something, I also need you um, as my employee to also, you know, say something to me if I'm, if I'm kind of feeding into that story too. Yeah, good stuff. And, and, you know, this is called the uh, more than work podcast. So you can use this. This isn't just at work, right? This is life. So you might be if there's a relationship you're struggling with, or, you know, not that not that we're relationship counselors, well, kind of. Uh, But if there's a relationship you're struggling with, maybe that that that, a relationship that's fractured, this there's a chance that a narrative paradigm has been is being played that now in your own mind. So maybe you're on your way to work, and you're you're kind of dreading the the uh, the work day or the relationship or the partnership or the team member or the, the employee uh, there, you're not broken. This is something that we see fairly often. Uh, communication is the cure for imperfection. And so this idea that, okay, maybe we just need to have a conversation. It might be awkward. It might be uncomfortable. But if we're trying to get out of that narrative paradigm um, and, and have more fruitful working relationships, then it's a necessary step. So Narrative paradigms are the stories we tell ourselves. What narrative paradigms are you living in? We all live in paradigms, but it's important for us to recognize those negative paradigms and how it impacts our relationships at work and beyond. Once you recognize the paradigm, initiate the conversations you need to initiate and ask questions. Don't assume the worst in someone. 
As leaders, realize how your narrative paradigms may have been rubbing off onto your team and have the humility and vulnerability to call yourself out and model a new behavior. This is a great opportunity to create some accountability. We would love for you to write in and share your work struggles and questions you have. Email us at morethanworkpodcasts at peopleccg.com. As always, follow us, subscribe, rate our podcast, and share it with your friends if you find this content helpful. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.